Welcome to 25 at 25. In 2017, VML celebrated its 25th anniversary, and this is a podcast series we've dedicated to exploring the people and the offices who make up our growing VML family. I'm John Cook, the CEO of VML, and today I got to talk with my good friend Jeff Gaheb. Jeff started as an intern way back in 1999 at VML, and he's risen all the way to VML's global chief technology officer. Because of that, I thought today we might get into technology and the vision of tech and the future of this and the future of that. But actually, the podcast took a great turn, and we just got to know Jeff a whole lot better. We talked about balance, his priority of family, how he focuses, how he thinks about self-betterment. It's a great way to get to know a great VMLer. Okay, sitting here with Jeff, we are in the last week of the year. We're within 96 hours of this year being over, 2017. Um, I think you're the last podcast of the year. Wow. <laughs> so, I don't know what that means, but <laughs> you and I are both too busy to get these things scheduled. This thing was supposed to be 25 at 25, and here we are in December, whatever, and we're at like 20 at 25. So, we have to do a few more next year, which we will, to complete it. But um, how's the year been? I feel like you and I travel all together, but so much, but how's, how's your year? Uh, you know, another busy year, a busy year in a good way. Um, you know, I think the work is just continuing to take off. I mean, every year that I'm at VML is a new challenge onto itself. So it's never been an easy year. I don't think there's ever been a year I've answered this and said, oh, this was a piece of cake. <laughs> this is another, right. another tough year, but another rewarding year. I mean, most of my year was spent on Ford. I mean, it was around mm-hmm. VML, but a lot of time up in Dearborn. And, right. and frankly, I learned, I, I would say this year, I learned as much as I've learned it any year of VML, just being a part of a lot of new things, a lot of new areas of growth and a big client that's changing all the time. So, you know, for me, rewarding, challenging, stimulating, all the, all the things you yeah, want. Yeah, that Detroit travel, I mean, there's no, you travel all the time anyway, but um, yeah, in addition to being the VML Global CTO, you've been the acting CTO of, of Global Team Blue, which is the agency, the WPP agency dedicated to Ford. So you've been playing that role, just for those who, who don't know that. Um, but man, that means you've been going to Detroit every week. Yeah, <laughs> you know, usually at least at least a day, but oftentimes three days a week. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you have a whole other team up, you know, there. Yeah, so it's like a it's like a second world practically. Right. I mean, it's related because a lot of our work is VML work, uh, obviously. But you know, it's been you got to kind of stay totally plugged into an agency that has its own culture, its own way of doing things, its own client, its own yeah. world. And then you got to shift completely out of that and come back here and remember the world that you're in. So, yeah. so it's I mean, it's been kind of nice. It's been a, like that's part of the learning. It's just switching between those right. contexts and comparing them every single week and seeing what you know, what you believe in. But yeah, I've gotten to know Dearborn. Gotten well, to know Detroit. There's that one. Uh, there's hotels with that one hotel right by Ford and by Global Team Blue. You must just know that hotel all too well. The good one I do. The Henry. <laughs> the Henry. There's a crappy yeah. one there that you want to not. Yeah. You don't yeah. want to stay there. But, uh, um, but yeah, the Henry. Well, let's, so there's so many things I could ask you uh, about just in terms of your vision for technology and your vision for business. I mean, you're a genius and all those things. You, you described it all so well. But I'd actually rather, I think, I think most people at VML know who you are and, or work with you and know you well. I'd rather just take the time to have people get to know you better in terms sure. of kind of what we don't know about you, like how, what makes you tick. And, and um, you know, a lot of podcasts were focused on the, on the role or, or spotlighting stuff. This one, it just, I think it should be fun to to have people get to know you a little bit because I think in in my view you do such a good job of fighting for that balance in your life of you know you'll go as intensely as anybody I've ever seen in the job and then you go off the grid in the best way with your family and I think that's important to you I know that is and 
but it's not easy to do. So let's let's talk about that. First of all, so one key fact about you, you live um, at least an hour north of Kansas City. So your commute, for the, our listeners in New York, it's no big deal, but if we're out here, you have a huge commute, an hour each way to a small town north of Kansas City. Yeah. Why are you there, and um, you know what what's important about about that to you. You purposely sure. live there for a reason. I know it's important to you. Sure. Yeah, I have to, an- I have to answer some variation of this question all the time. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, I mean, the primary reason is, how, how did I get introduced to St. Joe? Uh-huh. Um, it's, uh, I met my wife when I was going to KU, and my wife's from St. Joe. And, uh, okay. and so I, otherwise I probably wouldn't have known about it, you know, but um, fell in love with the Midwest. And when we decided to move to uh, to the Midwest uh, to raise our family, we decided, hey, let's try it in Kansas City. Um, but her family was in St. Joe, so we went up there a lot. And then I kind of fell in love with the city. You know, I'm from New England, grew up in Boston. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's something kind of old and historic about how it felt up there mm-hmm. and something that felt more familiar to me, I think, in terms of how I grew up. Not to say that there's not a million great things about Kansas City. There's just a familiarity to it. So even though I think a lot of people scratch their head and say, why would you go 45 minutes north to a... a a town like St. Joe, for me, it's actually more comfortable in many ways. My family, you, my wife's family, sir. Do you have a, have a routine of how you use the time on the drive? I do, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say it's a strict routine, but by and large, my morning, I listen to something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I either listen to a podcast or an audio book, or I take my brain off work because uh, by the end of the day, my brain is on work. So my brain is... And usually what I'm doing by the end of the day is trying to close it down. So I usually have a backlog of phone calls or people to contact. And so I can use that last hour pretty mm-hmm. productively to get through the day with the goal that by the time I pull into the driveway, you know, I'm not doing anything at night. I used to, have, I used to do that way too much, but I use the hour to my advantage on the way home to get the day closed down. Yeah, and you mentioned St. Joe having a historic feel. I know you're not in the... Um you know, the contemporary suburb, you're in a farmhouse that, that I've, yeah. never, I've never been to. Nobody visits you up there because it's too far for the rest of us yeah, to exactly, go. Exactly, yeah. I get some people the on their way to Omaha who uh, need gas. <laughs> right. Uh, but but the, the farmhouse, so you're, you lived in it before, you moved away yeah. for a while, you're coming back to that same farmhouse, renovating it. Tell us about your house. It sounds awesome. Yeah, so I bought it in 2007. We literally, funny story here. So we bought it, we were living in Shawnee in Kansas City. My wife saw this old farmhouse Sunday morning. We weren't looking. It was an open house went up to St. Joe, walked through the house, within one hour went to the realtor, told them to stop the open house and that we would buy it on uh, sight unseen. Mm-hmm. Little bit of a fixer-upper, but uh, so they closed the, closed the whole thing down. We bought the house halfway through and literally in three hours went from not moving to moving into a house that had to be renovated. So then I spent probably the better part of four or five years fixing it up mostly myself. So. You know, new hardwoods, new floors. And that was kind of my thing I did before I had kids. Mm-hmm. And I can't even tell you I was good at it. I just wasted time and money doing it. Uh, and it got to the point where it was, it was livable enough and we were pretty proud of it. Um, and then, uh, you know, then we had kids. And then your priorities change, right? <laughs> right? And all that free time used to kill putting stuff together goes out and you re- reprioritize. So it's great. So we lived there for a while. Long story made short, we left there about four years ago to another house. Another itch I needed to scratch was I always deemed myself to be a farmer. <laughs> right. I don't know where that came from. So right. I bought a 10-acre house thinking I that would be fun. Yeah, it turns I mean, out that wasn't tractor, fun. You had a tractor. I had barns, a tractor. Yeah. I had a mower. I had all <laughs> kinds of gear I didn't know how to use. My neighbors would make fun of me. 
It was great and it was exhausting. So, uh, you know, you spend so much of your time doing the work here, being around your family, you recognize to be a farmer, you need to spend all your time doing that too. So we said, nah, let's get out of that. Let's move back to that old house, which we never sold. <laughs> and so now we're back in this, this hundred year old farmhouse, completely renovating it again, but doing it the right time, not as a do-it-yourselfer. So you're so, not doing some of your... Yeah, I'm, I'm hiring far more capable people. <laughs> and, When's the uh, move-in date then? When will you feel like it's... I don't know. It'll forever. never be done. But. Yeah, I mean, we've been working on it for a year. There's a little like uh, rental house off the back of it. We call it carriage house. Mm -hmm. We're living in that for now which is actually kind of nice. And then yep. they'll be working on that. I'm guessing it'll get done later this year, but it's, uh, this house, I, can't, I, I don't even think I could sell it if I wanted to. This yeah, house has been destined to me. <laughs> There's a curse on it. Me and this house are locked in a death match with what one color, another. What color is it? It was white, it's now kind of gray. Okay, I, have yeah. to, I, could, I get the mental image. Yeah. Um, well, just, this, you know, you've mentioned family. I know how important family is to you. Just, yep. to, just to paint the picture of who you're, in this house, well, tell us about your media family. So you, sure. Jenny, and two kids. Tell us about that. But also, um, after that, I want to get into. It, it seems as if, if your entire family has now moved from Boston <laughs> to Kansas City sure. to be with you. But start with your media family. That's yeah. So my immediate family. My so wife's time. Jenny. So Jenny and I uh, we met in uh, 1999 at KU. It was actually the year I started my VML internship. It was just that same oh, wow. summertime period, right? Your whole life came together and it kind of snapped VML together. And Jenny. Snapped together all at the same time. So we, uh, we, wow. that's where we first met each other. Uh, we've been together for that period of time. So we got married in 2002. Um, two kids, uh, Evelyn and Graham. You know, Evelyn's now uh, eight, Graham's seven. One boy, one girl. And, uh, and they're a handful. So, you know, like any young family, we spend our time around our kids. That's our enjoyment. So uh, that's really where we spend our time. And then you're, and then this, this year, both... You'll get this, but your, first of all, your brother now, Ben, who's fantastic. Now, he works at VML yeah. <laughs> here in Kansas City. So he moved from the Northeast. Then your parents have moved here and your yeah. sister. And, or, yeah, you, so the, you there's a, there was a butterfly effect that happened. So uh, I randomly decided to go from New England to KU, right? Let's just start there. So I, uh, <laughs> people ask me why. I don't have a good answer. I just needed to get out of New England. And uh, I had some family in Kansas, so I went there. By me going there, then... Um, my sister became aware of KU, went to KU. Um, she went through uh, KU med school, met her husband in med school, and he's from Wilson, Kansas. And then my brother actually came out here with his best friend and went to KU as well. He met his wife, Tony, who uh, isn't from Kansas City but has Midwest roots. So anyway, fast forward 20 years, uh, you know, we decided to live here. My sister, when she finished med school, came back because her husband's from here, so they moved here about a year ago, and that created a tipping point for my family yeah. where now there was two kids here and uh, my brother who suffers from severe FOMO uh -huh. struggled with the idea that his <laughs> brother and sister were out here growing up with one another he was in a good place before he was having his first kid decided to move out here so he came here earlier this year joined VML as you said loving it and then my parents just freaked out because all the kids are gone so now my parents just moved in so, so the literally whole crew in, is here. in a year the whole crew <laughs> went from are you guys all be together hard. on christmas here in a couple of days uh, we are yeah for the first christmas in a long time we'll that's actually awesome. be together yeah you know it's always well, been hard to get be, back something you got to be looking forward to just oh yeah it's great yeah it's great i mean it's before yeah yeah it's great i mean it's just it's uh it's kind of a new normal i mm -hmm. mean when you live away from your family as i'm sure a lot of folks at vml can attribute you know, your definition of a holiday changes because you fly places to see. But the idea that you could all just be here doing something together is kind of 
it seems very welcoming. Yeah, with Ben at VML, have you gotten all the, you feel like you're through all the awkward stage of, uh, yeah, that's my brother, or you're no, still running into yes, those weird no. moments? <laughs> There's a weird thing where I didn't realize how much we, we don't look, I don't think we look like each other in the face, but definitely we have this hunched posture <laughs> that if people don't know, there's a lot of urgent people come running up behind him and think it's me and yeah. vice versa. So. Yeah, you have a lot of mannerisms. I do think you actually look alike, but you have a lot of mannerisms. But yeah. don't you think, I think, I think you always think you look less like somebody than other people do, like yeah. especially your family. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, you, you don't want to yeah, believe, yeah. it's like, the outside world sees all the different, all the similarities. Yeah, we just look like gay <laughs> hips to everybody else. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I, no, I, I agree. We're, past the awkward stage, yeah, a little bit. We're getting there. Yeah, we're getting there. I know he's doing a great job. He's yeah, he's maybe the busy, be even busier than you at times. He's, he's getting just, there. He's he's very he's popular work because he's good. And, yeah. Um, so I think so. We've covered your family. Live in St. Joe. The, the one thing I know about you that you know, kind of fun fact number wherever we're on five is you're a huge. Um, recreational vehicle fan, you have uh -huh. a big RV. Yeah. And I, this has to strike people who live in New York and everywhere else around the world listen to this. It's yeah. highly bizarre, but you know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's an awesome thing. You're in a giant RV, you'll just pick up and go and go off the grid and um, it just sounds awesome. What, yeah. what, are this, what are the love of RV? What, what, tell us what your RV is. What even? Oh some people gosh. may not even know what that is. It does sound <laughs> weird when you say it like that. Sorry, but I'm yeah, no, 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 no. I'm, that's not a knock on you. It's like I'm sitting here thinking, wow, that is kind of a weird <laughs> hobby. But uh, so yeah, the you RV. You spend a lot of time and money on it. Well, we do. So for a good I, you reason, know, it though. started again with. Um, you know, I, both Jenny and I always grew up in lakes, so mm -hmm. I'll start there. We did not maybe grew up, but we were around lakes. We're kind of outdoors people, so that was something we wanted to do. And then, you know, at the same time, we like a little diversity in what we do. So I would say before we had Evelyn, we bought a pop-up trailer and just to fart around with and see if we liked this or didn't like mm -hmm. it and spent a summer or two doing that. And then um, decided we liked it and decided to upgrade because it was a little too, I mean, I don't want to make it seem like I'm a hardcore camper here. I like air conditioning and TV as much yeah. as anybody does. So then we bought a kind of a much bigger one. So it's a 35 foot <laughs> trailer that pulls behind my pickup truck out there. And it, I'm not even sure it's street legal to be as long and <laughs> heavy as we are driving around, but we take this, uh, it's kind of our summer home. It's our traveling summer home. Mm -hmm. So then what we've kind of gotten to a routine of is we'll take it to 10 to 15 different locations throughout the course of a year and spend almost every weekend in the summer living in the RV. In fact, a lot of times I'll go to a lake near VML and just live out of my RV and not go home, you know, and just come, have come that Come to work be, for some meetings. Yeah, yeah. Come go back and, and go back. So instead of going home, I'm going to my RV. Right? You shower? Yeah, well, there's not a shower in it. There, yeah, no, I don't shower at all. During, no, yeah, there's a, there's ways to shower, but you kind of have to be in the RV lifestyle to get this. I mean, Got there's it. a little bit of a routine to, well, one of my favorite pictures is sort of, I don't know if it defines you, but it's, it just it reminds me of you, let's put it that way. You sent me a picture from one of your trips. I think it was near the 4th of July, you were packing. You know, everything's strewn out in the ground. You had like eight mm. bikes, you know, uh, 300 cases of beer. Uh, it, was, it was just your pack. It just seemed to me, first of all, it was amazing how much stuff you were putting in the RV. Yeah. But then I could just sense this inner piece of like, that's a lot of work, but that you love just packing it up because it, oh, it's, 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 there's something there, about there's it. There's a ritual about yeah. getting everything set up. You're right, getting your beer ice cold, getting right. all the entertainment built in. And then, you know, the nice part about RVing is there's you can't do anything even if you want to be busy. I mean, you just have to kind of enjoy the family. You've got to kind of enjoy the time, and especially in a busy business like ours. It's kind of the, it's the opposite of a lot of what we do, right? So it's just quietness and focus and 
funniness. And so what would you, if you were going to, so you guys cook out every night. Yeah, sure. But if you had a couple of us up there, what would you cook? Like, what's your, what's your specialty meal oh, on an RV Tuesday night? Oh, heavens, that's a good question. Probably either steak or chicken. We're horrible about, like, bringing ridiculous amounts of food. We could feed <laughs> what's whole a, what a side villages. Dishes would you have? What's that? What side, side dishes? dishes? Kind of that, I don't know what it's actually called. It's a salad with, like, green... Cool Whip and marshmallows oh, and yeah, pineapples. Yeah. You know what I'm it's talking about? Something. It's called something. Yeah. It's like a. It's not a Waldorf salad. Something like that. I love that. Uh-huh. I can't actually make that. My <laughs> my mother-in-law makes that. Baked beans, corn on the cob, kind of all that, like American bar, you know, grill food kind of stuff. Yeah, that's we'll, all we do. We'll have to post some pictures on the uh, <laughs> yeah. on the podcast page. Maybe recipes too. I don't know yeah. if you need recipes for that, but no. Um, well, you, you talked earlier about being. Uh, I'm going to go back to something you said earlier. That yep. You you moved here. Uh, for KU, but your internship was at VML. Uh-huh. So, you're, I mean, it's, you've been legendary for being this global, long-time VML or global role, but started out as an intern. I, I know there's a lot of things that are different that you've grown into about yourself. What What are some of the things that are the most the same about you from when you were an intern? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I'd probably say I, I just am... One thing is I'm not really uh, that afraid to try something new or that I don't know. Mm-hmm. So when I came to VML, this wasn't I had not picked a career. I did not know yet what I was planning on doing very much beyond the next week. Because what was knew. your major? Yeah. My major was computer science at KU. So, you know, I was trying to follow the path of engineers thinking I should code and program. And so I uh, came to KU with the intent, or came to VML with the intention, I think, of following that path, and that's what my internship was about. I think I was the first technology intern. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if what that year was, was that. Uh, I was ninety nine. No, you said that. 99. Yeah, I was ninety nine, and uh, and so that's that's one thing is kind of that that, and then probably uh, just you know resourcefulness. I mean, you don't know anything when you're an intern. You think you do, but you don't. And I was given real things to work on. I think it was the big fat wow was a mall project or something back then, and I was supposed mm-hmm. to program a. CD-ROM. I had no idea. So my side job was I was working at a, a concert hall giving out Camel cigarettes during that same summer. And so instead of programming, I figured out how to trade the cigarettes to the programmers at VML to <laughs> program for me to get through the summer. I'm not saying that's my entire you make strategy sound like prison. life. But yeah. <laughs> that's the but currency of a prison. It was resourceful. It was resourceful. That's how I think about it. So well, yeah. speaking of thinking, I mean, you, you're in your job now. I mean, it's just, it's just jam-packed every week with every day is a big, high-stakes meeting of some kind, internally or externally, and you, work, you see so many clients and new opportunities that you, you're part of. How do you, I always wondered, you, you hit every meeting as if you've, uh, you know, you've prepared the entire week for that one meeting. I know that's impossible because you have a big meeting every day. Well, how, do you, how do you sit there on a weekend get balance and have the time away with family, but how do you process the week ahead and just get mentally there for it? I know part of your, you're going to say that you, you could always be more ready because you're hard on yourself, but you always are just primed and ready. And how do you, what is it early in the week that you do to get yourself mentally there on a week ahead? Yeah, you know, that's a good question. Um, I mean, one, let me speak to something you said in there. The balance is hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is, as long as I'll work, that will be the hardest part, is being mindful at home and being mindful about work and being mindful about a lot of different things. I think the thing I'm always trying to do in any context, any client I'm involved in or anything that's going on, 
I try to really think through the entirety of why I'm there and what I'm supposed to be doing outside of a meeting. So if we're talking about Ford, mm-hmm. I'm trying to be totally in tune to what we are supposed to be doing as a company mm-hmm. on that. And to do that, I'm thinking all the time about every angle of how to do that well. So any one meeting just taps into hopefully something I've just thought through. So I'm not mm-hmm. thinking about the meeting. I'm thinking about the reason the meeting exists in the first place and trying to master that at any given time. And you just try to stay on top of all those different worlds. So I just think through all the different things I'm thinking through at any given time and trying to think, do I know everything I need to know? I mean, for years at VML, when you're growing up there and still to this day, you know, there's nothing more stressful to me than being in a meeting and not knowing what we're talking about. You know, And that doesn't mean I always do, but that is stress for me mm-hmm. more than anything. And so it's being not familiar with what I'm talking about. So it's all the little cracks of a day, like I said, on my drive in between meetings. I'm mm-hmm. just thinking about our business, not because I have to, but because that reduces my stress to be kind of in control of that. And, and what do you want to, you know, uh, I think some people see you as the ultimate fighting machine at VML, but, but you have a lot of things that you, know, you want to work on. You're constantly, you said it, you're constantly trying to think about new things and staying curious. What, what are your resolutions? I don't know if they're new resolutions, yeah. but what do you want to be better at in 2018 on, on the professional yeah. side of things? Yeah, on the professional side of things, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to be conscientious of your client, your peers, and the people that work for you all the time in all the ways you want to be. And I think... You know, last year I'm conscientious of our clients because they were really, and those will always be a big focus of my attention, but probably at the expense of um, some of the people that I work with Mm -hmm. and work for me. And keeping that kind of conscientious balance of like fueling all of that and changing and evolving is tricky. So I'm a little bit more resolved to be a better listener, make more time for people, follow up a little bit better more proportionately to all the people that are looking to me to be responsible to them than any one particular party, mm-hmm. right? Where I think I've pick and choose, I've lacked the prioritization and focus in any one area in the past year, and not apologetically, but I think that balance is just something I'm looking to kind of get better in 20, 2018. It's one of those things we'll have to go back and listen to this podcast because, you know, I'm the same way. You start resolutions at a year or just a certain time period for yourself and you go as long as you can with them, and then you just drift back. The, the, the world sucks you back into whatever was not allowing you to be yeah. what you resolved to be. You know, there's some forces that you're not doing as much of that as you want now. Exactly. Those forces will still exist. They'll still exist. <laughs> and so, you know, it's almost like you need to, we all need to come a, find a way to remind ourselves of what we want to well, do. Well, the, the, the number one thing, I'm, honestly, if I had to get it down to a single phrase, people ask me all the time how I'm doing. And right now my canned answer is, I'm busy. <laughs> And I'm kind of like, I got to stop using that answer. I'm always going to be busy. That's just built into what I do. I just got to have a better, more conscientious answer and Mm -hmm. action correlated to that. And I'll feel better about what's going on in uh, 2018. Well, so we're we're getting ready to go into a great holiday break. And we've all been working hard. And we're going to take some time off. And we're going to close a few days in here. It's going to be nice. Um, You're a huge, um, somehow, I don't know how you find time, this huge fan of, of great, television programming yes <laughs> and uh, you know I'll see you on plane sometimes I'm so glad when I look up and you're watching a show I'm like thank god he's not you know working anymore or you know doing it but um, so I want two recommendations for you in closing I want to get one for, for listeners one great series that's that's funny yeah and one great just just killer dramatic series that you'd mm. recommend let me Man. start with dramatic dramatic uh, and it could be something that's out right now dramatic's a little bit easier yeah you know I'll say and what you can, came you to can me go first. two dramatics if you want 
I can get way too heady about this, so I'll just tell you what yeah. popped into my mind. For some reason, Sons of Anarchy is still my favorite, like, dramatic mm-hmm. series. How many years was that? How many, seri- how many seasons? I want to say it was five or six. Five or six yeah. And, it, you know, the thing I loved about it is every time I watch it, I'm like, okay, the next one's got to be tired. I kind of get mm-hmm. it. The next Every season comes back over the top, over the top. And, I, I and I'm that saying show. that with huge love for things like Game of Thrones and everything else. Right. But something about Sons of Anarchy is just kind of gritty and real enough to me that I really like it. So if you haven't seen that, definitely watch that one. On funny, God, it's horrible, but I don't feel like I watch that many funny things. You know, I'm a Seinfeld guy from to this yeah. day. If a rerun of Seinfeld comes through, I watch it. What's it's a new? A what's a, one, so skip funny. What's a new? What's a new show that's out that that kind of newish in the last six months that you're yeah? So I'm already uh, at the recommendation of Eric Campbell two yeah. two episodes into Godless, and I can already oh, tell that's it? right in my sweet spot. Yeah, it's I love kind of Western. a western. Yeah. It's kind of. I love Godless. I just got done with Mindhunter. Right? It was pretty good. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mindhunter was pretty good on 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 cool. uh, Netflix I've done Sons as of well. Anarchy, but I want to I want to check out Godless, and I'll do that over the break. Godless is deep. Yeah. Godless is good. Well, so Jeff, thank you for the time and sharing sure. a little bit about yourself. I know, you know, like you said, you're you're busy and just taking the time to let people know a little bit more about you and what what sure. makes you tick. I have a lot of respect for the way you think about family, the way you think about balance. I know it's not easy. Yeah. Um, same right back. But I know at VML, right back at you. you know, VML benefits from the balance you have and and uh, we're just glad you're part of the family thanks yeah, jeff appreciate it john thank you thanks for listening this has been 25 at 25 a celebration of our 25th anniversary of vml and the people that make vml so special